I started my first company when I was 15 years old. I grew up in Germany. I think the biggest benefit of building a company when you're so young is that you got so much time. You know, I talked to 30, 40 year old entrepreneurs and they're like, oh, dude, I wish I was your age because they've got sort of 10 years on them or something like that. And so you've just got a lot of time to make mistakes, learn from them. And that I think over time kind of compounds and is really just a superpower is just go for it. I think a lot of people, when I talk to them, they give me this like super elaborate plan of like, all right, I'm going to be going into investment banking for five years and then I'm going to be doing consulting for three years and then I'm going to do an MBA for two years and then maybe if I'm ready, I'll go and start my company. I think that's the wrong approach. If you've got a really good idea, if you've got a really good business and you think you've got a talented team, then just go for it. The best way to learn is just to go for it and to fail and to keep on going and to just learn from those mistakes. My name is Benjamin Duffner. I'm the founder and CEO of Vesto. Vesto is a cash management platform for startups. So we help startups invest their cash, make the most of every dollar, and ultimately simplify their finances. We're now helping more than 100 companies kind of put their cash to work. And that equates many, many tens of millions of dollars of kind of cash assets under management. And, and you know, we're growing super fast. I think we, we've seen 2x growth every couple months. So it's been, it's been a good couple months, but we, we've got a lot, lot more to go. I've always felt like I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I think since I was very young, I hated authority. I didn't love school and I just hated people telling me what to do, how to do them. I started my first company when I was 15 years old. I grew up in Germany, bootstrapped software business. Essentially, we, we kind of built software plugins for photographers and designers and creatives. And so I started this as more of a side project. I mean, I was, was 15 years old. It was, it was more of a hobby. And within three or four months after launching, it, it was doing 70 or $80,000 a month in revenue. And then that kind of kept on growing and kept on growing. And it kind of just catapulted to be its own great business, which probably wouldn't have expected from day one. And then, you know, ultimately kind of through that, I got the idea for Vesto and I was frankly just much more excited by that, much more excited by the vision for Vesto. And so I kind of went all in there and moved to the US and started that company. Age is not the biggest criterion for success of building a company. I think, oh, you have to be a certain age to start a company. And also obviously the societal norms. For me, I kind of just gave it a go. And that first company started as a side project and a company. And so it kind of just created itself over time. I almost never think about it. Sometimes it's crazy to like look back and people ask you like, wow, you're pretty young. But I think you just have to kind of go for it and not let it influence you and not let it impact your thinking, your decision making. You just have to run it as uh, you're anyone else. I started Vesto really just out of a own frustration with kind of the existing finance tools and softwares out there. You know, started my first company when I was 15 years old, uh, you know, grew up in Germany, started that company and ultimately grew that company over the course of a couple of years and just had a bunch of cash in a checking account doing nothing. And in fact, it was, it was worse than doing nothing because at the time we had, we had negative interest rates in Germany. So the cash was really just sitting, melting away. And I was super frustrated by that. So I you know, reached out to my bank, asked them, how can I put that cash to work? Is there any way I can invest this cash? And ultimately, the response that I got was, well, well, yeah, but the minimum deposit size here is, is 100 million. I thought, well, why doesn't thing exist for younger startups and, and small businesses and, and just growing companies, but in a tech forward and, and easy to use way. And that's really what led to the kind of idea for Vesto. So right now we're really solving kind of the core issue that the, the Vesto is solving right now is just a company has cash on hand, you know, a company raises money or a company's profitable and they have cash. Most of that's probably sitting in a checking account kind of doing nothing. So a lot of businesses are just leaving money on the table by having all their cash sit idle, doing nothing. And so ultimately managing a portfolio of treasuries and money market funds and putting corporate cash to work is not an easy task, not a task that a lot of startups and younger companies can do. That's kind of why we build Vesto is, is so that we can come in, automate that entire work for companies and, and just make it really, really easy for them to earn yields on their idle cash, put it to work. We've really got customers of all shapes and sizes now. I think kind of our core customer is still, you know, startups between kind of series A and series C as we found most success. But, you know, we now work with pre-seed stage companies, larger private equity firms, enterprise stage companies, and even just kind of run-of-the-mill kind of small businesses.
I think when I initially started the company, I faced a lot of failure and getting it up and running. The company almost died before it ever started because I think when I had the idea for Vesto, I remember pitching it to people and people just, investors would tell me this, this is a horrible idea, this is never gonna work. When I first was kind of raising the initial first round for Vesto, I kind of cold emailed an investor and you know they were like, yeah, let's get on a call. Sounds interesting what you're building. You, know, you certainly sound interesting. I wanna kind of talk to you and I ended up getting on a call and. After the call, they were like, yeah, probably not an investment for us, you know. And in other words, they were saying, you know, this is not a good business. Kept on following up every single week, month with just updates of like, here's what we've built this month. Here's how much revenue we have right now. Here's who we hired. And after like six months of doing that, the kind of primary investor was just like, you know what? <laughs> I, I think the business model is interesting. It's getting better every month. But what, what really interests me about this business is just your persistence. The fact that you just don't give up after just being relentlessly questioned and after just being told no a bunch of times. And so I think that was kind of how we raised the first round. Just being just not giving up for six seven months people don't really care how old you are at the end of the day i think they care about what company are you building how good is it what's the product how are you serving customers and it really just comes down to facts and so in the long run it doesn't pose any big challenges it just gets some funny looks every now and then i think the biggest factor for success is just persistence <laughs> i think persistence always beats talent and genius or anything like that you just have to be incredibly persistent in everything you do i think when i look back at vesto and really all my ventures in my entire life the greatest moments of success have always come from just being relentlessly persistent, just not giving up. You know, no matter how many times you're told no, or this is impossible, or this probably won't work, you kind of just have to keep going and persist. And I think that's just the biggest thing. Building the product took a long time. You know, I was thinking about it in my head for you know, probably two years or three years, and then actually kind of developing it and building it and doing the engineering of it probably took maybe six months to a year to kind of build that first MVP. And I think that was too long. Generally, you should be a little bit embarrassed about your first product and your first kind of MVP, and there should be some faults to it. Uh, but that allows you to learn a lot faster and get it in customers' hands and get feedback on it, which then in turn helps you make the product better. So I do think that's super important. For us, we were in an interesting position where, you know, we're a fintech company, our product can have some faults maybe on the design and on the UI, but if anything actually goes wrong with the core financial services and the core financial product, that's just unacceptable. And so we had to be extra careful and really have our MVP be more of a you know, very, very polished and you know, very highly tested product. So it was a little different to the kind of standard startup. I think probably the biggest mistake that we made in the very early stages of the company was just focusing fully on product. But I think when we when we started the company that the, the kind of the core focus was just let's build the best product for our customers. That's a very good thing to do. I think you know focusing on building the best product for your for your customers is obviously hugely important. But I think in the very early stages of the company, we didn't really focus at all on distribution, go to market. And I think we really can catch up there and figure out, all right, how do we actually distribute this product to our customers? How do we actually get this product to our customers? I think the kind of cliche, uh, the cliche saying of build a great product and they will come is, is certainly to a degree, but I think they won't come at scale. So that's something that we have to figure out and really catch up on. There's an interesting competitive landscape where I would say there's kind of two ends of, of the competitive spectrum specifically for our kind of cash management product. One end is kind of the super simple self-serve, kind of easy to use products that really lack in, in functionality. And so folks end up leaving kind of money on the table with those. And then the other end of the spectrum is like really sophisticated institutional banks of the world, but you've probably got to be a multi-billionaire company to even utilize those. And so kind of what we're trying to do at Vesto is really bring that level of product and experience and service that you would get with kind of this institutional grade experience, but make that really easy and make that really accessible and make that you know, something that you can set up in 10 minutes, not 10 months. But ultimately, kind of the longer term vision of Vesto goes a little bit further than that, really kind of 5, 10, 15 years out. We want to really build 
financial operating system, a financial control center for companies. And we're essentially using kind of this, this cash management problem or product as, as the foundation for that. You know, running a startup is really hard. Even if we were to go to business tomorrow for whatever reason, and hopefully we don't, you know, really all of our customer funds would be held under their own name in their own kind of custodial brokerage account. They would, in that case, lose, you know, kind of our platform, our, our product, but really their cash is, is sitting under their name. It's ultimately theirs. It's no one else's. And I think that's super important. It's, I mean, it's part of the reason why we've kind of grown so fast is that we've grown a lot since the banking crisis back in March with Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic. That really accelerated our business. All of a sudden, people went from never really thinking about cash management and where's our cash sitting, how much is it earning, is it diversified, to all of a sudden that being the first and foremost priority for companies and finance teams, and that really just catapulted our growth. We took off ever since March and have been growing for super fast since. I think the way we built Vesto from the ground up was to essentially have it be as, as kind of safe and secure as possible. And so, you know, operationally, we're registered with the SEC as an investment advisor, and we're never in the flow of funds, so we never actually touch our customers' money. People are looking to kind of get away from that traditional banking, kind of fractional reserve banking model and looking to go into this custodial model where their cash is held ultimately under their name. And even if their provider fails or goes out of business, their cash is still safe. I think the biggest mistakes that startups make when managing their finances, one of them is, is just not looking at their finances and not actually having a good understanding of what's going on. I see this all the time. And the system of the, the financial world has made this a little bit harder because people have different bank accounts and payroll systems and expense management tools. And it's kind of just this mess and they don't even know where to look. So they have to go in and consolidate everything and reconcile everything just to understand basic things like, you know, how much cash am I burning and how much cash do I have on hand? And so I think ultimately the biggest mistakes that startups and especially founders make sometimes is just not looking at their finances and actually not understanding what's going on. And I think that's pretty easy to solve and something that is, that is so important to solve. You know, I think another big mistake that the founders make is actually just not thinking about profitability and revenue and just making money at all. I think in the past 10 years in this zero interest rate environment that we've had in the past 10 years or so, it's just led a lot of investors and a lot of founders to find it okay to just be burning tremendous amounts of cash with no real path to profitability and no real path to revenue. When you think about that from day one of starting a company and building a product, Product, it makes it a lot easier for you to grow over time and, and really build a successful business. There's a lot of startups who will just never be profitable. And I think it's better to look at that and say, all right, well, what can we do to, to go and change this right now versus you know, face that problem in three or five years from now? Being young, dropping out of school, you know, it really puts a chip on your shoulder because if you fail, you've got not much of a shoulder to sit on and say, all right, well, you know, maybe I'll just go back uh, and do the other thing. So for sure, being young and kind of taking that big risk, it really makes you want to prove yourself and just work that much harder and be that much more persistent. Goals and dreams that, that motivate me and that drive me, it was, it was part of this interview series and they were just like, what do you want? And, and I was very confused by the question, because what do you mean? Is it something material? Is it something immaterial? Ultimately, what I want, what drives me is not something material. It's not an apartment or a house or a an amount of money, it's more really just building something and something that really lasts, I think. When I'm 80 or 90, I want to look back and be able to say I've built a product or I've built a company that's gonna be around for hundreds of years. I think that's super exciting, especially in the world of startups where everyone's thinking on such a short-term horizon and building companies that grow and fail within a matter of months or years. The idea and the vision, the, the kind of mission of building something that lasts for hundreds of years is incredibly exciting. It's incredibly difficult and there's very few businesses who have done that, but I think that that's something that's super inspiring and motivating for me.